Hi, it's Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Tower Hill podcast. Well, November is the perfect time to start a brand new sermon series on, yep, you guessed it, thankfulness. And today, I have the honor of introducing Pastor Teresa, who is starting off this great series. So let's listen in right now. Pastor Jason is away this Sunday, and we begin a new sermon series for November called Thankful. Now, you know, for so many of us, November is the month of that great American holiday of Thanksgiving. So it's very appropriate for us to spend a few weeks working ourselves to the place of that secret of unshakable faith and unimaginable joy to help us to develop a more grateful heart. And so we're hoping that in these weeks that we spend together, we will be learning to be thankful in all circumstances. The Psalms are a wonderful resource for learning the language of thankfulness. When I'm overwhelmed with gratitude, prose will simply not do. I have to break into poetry or break into song or send a Hallmark card that says, thanks for being you. Psalm 145 is like a Hallmark card addressed to the Lord. Thanks for being you, Lord. And here are all the things you are that I am thankful for. The psalmist goes on the assumption that knowing this amazing person, this amazing, awesome person, makes me want to become more like him. You know how you like to be and emulate the friends that you admire, that you spend time with. And so the pattern of this psalm is saying, this is who you are, Lord, and so this is who I want to be. Listen for that as we read Psalm 145. A psalm of praise of David. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. All your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. 
Now there is a Hallmark card saying thanks for all the things you are. And you'll notice a repeated theme that is woven throughout this psalm. It says to the Lord, you are great and awesome, so I will tell others about you. Your faithful people tell of the glory of your kingdom so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So the psalmist reflects, you are so awesome. I need to get the word out about you. I will declare your greatness so that all people may know. And I will say thanks to you for being you. How often? Every day. And how long am I going to keep it up for? Now and forever. I won't ever keep it to myself. I can't keep it to myself. I have to tell others. I want every creature to know what kind of ruler you are, Lord. What kind of kingdom you have created. That you are mighty and glorious, trustworthy and faithful. And that your rule is not subject to term limits, but it endures forever. So you might like to know that this psalm is an acrostic, which means that each verse of the psalm begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So I remember when my kids were in elementary school, they would have to make an acrostic for Mother's Day based on mother. And so M would be mom, magnificent mom, and O would be outstanding love, and T would be terrific teacher. But then, of course, by the time we got down to R, we were running out of magnificent words, and it came to rides to the mall, because that's what mom does for us also, because we can't separate what a person is from what they do for us. And so we see that in the psalm. It's who God is, and then it's also what he does for us. Thanks for being you, the one who establishes your glorious, mighty, trustworthy kingdom. You... It tells us, you, Lord, are full of mercy, so I will be merciful. We see that pattern over and over and over again in this psalm. This is who you are, Lord, and that's who you inspire me to be. So it begins by saying the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Those are the words you might remember that the Lord used to describe himself to Moses when Moses asked him, show me your face. This is what the Lord said to him. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. So the psalmist is saying, Lord, you are full of mercy, so I will bless you, I will praise you, I will thank you, and I will let everyone know this little-known secret 
that you are not a cruel and vindictive God who is waiting to punish us every time we mess up, but you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. You are good to all of your creatures, and we are creatures who have received mercy. Receiving mercy changes us so that we can have compassion and we can show mercy. I believe it should be a hallmark of the people of God that we are overflowing with compassion and we are the first to forgive and to show mercy. You remember that Jesus told the parable of the unforgiving servant that there was a servant who was overwhelmed by debt and came to his generous master, who freely forgave all of his debt just because he asked him to. And then this forgiven servant went out and demanded payment from his fellow servant who owed him some money. When the master heard of this, his response was, You wicked servant, I forgave you all of your debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? The psalmist is saying, Lord, you are full of mercy, so I will be merciful. You may know the story of Les Miserables, the novel by Victor Hugo, which was made very popular by the Broadway musical Les Mis. And you may remember the story of Jean Valjean, who is a thief and an escaped convict. And after 19 years in prison, he escapes and arrives on the bishop's doorstep. The bishop, instead of driving him away, takes him in, feeds him, and gives him a bed. And Jean Valjean repays his host's hospitality by stealing his silverware and running away. The police find him and bring him back with the bag full of silverware. But the bishop protects him by pretending that the silverware was a gift that he gave to him. And he grabs the two silver candlesticks off his mantle and hands them to him and says, you forgot to take these also. When the police leave, a bewildered Jean Valjean is wondering what the bishop is up to. And the bishop says to Jean Valjean, you must use this precious silver to become an honest man. God has raised you out of darkness and I have bought your soul for God with these candlesticks. Well, after one more theft, Jean Valjean does indeed repent and become a compassionate, merciful man. And he spends the rest of his life providing generously, mercifully, compassionately for the poor. 
and even on his deathbed, the bishop's candlesticks are on the mantle of his room, reminding him of the one who showed him undeserved mercy. Well, what do you think Jean Valjean has in common with Jason Bourne? You remember those action-packed movies based on the books by Robert Ludlum, The Bourne Identity, The Bourne Supremacy. Jason Bourne, you might know, was a trained assassin. And he begins, the story begins, when he's being hunted down because he's gone off the rails. He doesn't want to kill anymore, even though he's programmed to kill. He meets Marie, a French girl who helps him escape, at great personal risk to herself. And ultimately, her commitment to him costs her her own life. But she refuses to believe all along that he is doomed to repeat his past. And she shows him a different way, a way of mercy. As they are being hunted down together, he tells her he has no choice but to kill. But her last words to him are, you do have a choice. Jason Bourne had experienced mercy from her, and it changed his choices from then on. He goes on to hunt down those who are responsible for her death, but when he has the opportunity to kill them, he declares Marie's mercy and says, she wouldn't want me to. And that is exactly the place of a child of God. Because we have received mercy, we are able to show mercy even to those who don't deserve it. Not because we are people who do not want to take revenge, but because we remember the one who showed us mercy. We remember the Lord Jesus who said to us, Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. So the psalmist says, You are full of mercy, so I will be merciful. The psalmist says to the Lord, You are near, so I will call on you. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Because it doesn't really matter how great how kind, how merciful, how loving, how compassionate a person is if I can't get anywhere near them, if I don't have any access to them. It doesn't help me. And so the psalmist says, thanks for being you, the one who is there near whenever I call on you. What do we love better than someone who will be there for us whenever we call? The Lord is near to all who call on him, near enough so I can know him, near enough so I can trust him to provide for my needs. The scripture says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
He so wants to be near us that he sent his son into our broken world to become one of us, to suffer rejection and hostility and death at the hands of those he came to save. He came to provide for us reconciliation with God, something that we could not provide for ourselves. The psalmist says, you provide, so I need not worry. It says, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. He fulfills the desire of all who fear them. He also hears their cry and saves them. When we see a picture of birds in the nest, they look like nothing else but mouths saying, feed me, feed me. Because nothing shrivels up a grateful heart more than hunger. Hunger for food, hunger for love, hunger for tenderness, hunger for forgiveness, hunger for unsatisfied desires. Do I believe the Lord is near enough to me that he knows well enough to give me what I really need, even when I don't know exactly what to ask for? Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? So why are you worrying about all the rest? Can I trust that the Lord is paying enough attention to my circumstances so that I don't have to cover every base by worrying about it? You may know this this couplet from Ralph Waldo Emerson. It was interesting to me. It was it was posted on the wall where I was going to have my mammogram. And it says some of your hurts you have cured and the sharpest you still have survived. But what torments of grief you've endured from the evil which never arrived. Can I trust the Lord to protect me from all those evils I'm afraid of, which may never arrive? Can I believe that the Lord hears my cry and will satisfy any desire of my heart that will not destroy my soul? Can I trust the Lord to provide for me as he knows best? Well, I can if I believe that the Lord watches over all who love him. The psalmist says, you watch over all, so I will praise you. The psalm is a praise to God as the attentive watchman who tenderly cares for all that he watches over. And Jesus came to reveal this God to us, that we might know personally the awesome God who reigns from heaven above, but whose kingdom is established in the hearts of all who love him and whose kingdom will never end. The loving God who has compassion on all he has made. The merciful God who saves those who call on him and transforms them into people of mercy.
the tender God who yearns for all those who are broken and fallen to turn to him so that he can lift them up. The God who is the provider, who feeds all of our needs. The God who watches over all who love him. This is a God that causes thankfulness to overflow from my grateful heart. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.